Hey guys, welcome to episode 82 of a Wrestling Gal podcast, providing you with the female perspective on all things wrestling. Join me, your host and wrestling enthusiast, Ella J, as today I am joined by the British Amazon, Heidi Katrina. Now let's chat. Hello, everybody. Today, I am joined by the British Amazon, Heidi Katrina. So how are you doing today? Hi, I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm excited to be chatting with you today. I got a lot uh, to ask you. Yeah, same. I'm really excited we get to do this now. Well, firstly, how have you actually stayed occupied during this whole COVID takeover situation in the world? Um, Well, honestly, I... Whether or not I have uh, shows anyway, I'm always busy with like my merch, Mm -hmm. uh, modeling shoots, training and things like that, really. So it's kind of and it just so happened that I managed to get an an injury just before this whole virus happened. With with your foot? Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of I'm not going to say went hand in hand, but it kind of I was taking time out anyway because of my injury. So (laughs) it wasn't too, too bad. Now you've like fully healed and everything, I hope. It's been a while, but um Oh yeah. no. <laughs> not so much. It's it's not really healed properly, but you have to carry mm-hmm. on nonetheless, yeah. you know. So yeah, we don't we don't talk about that part. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Well you're still chugging along, I see, because you had a show last month. So yeah. as long as you're feeling okay, I guess that's okay. Yeah, I mean, as long as I'm okay for my match, but okay. it, it generally just hurts just Aww. terribly. But what can you do? Fair enough. You know, I'm curious to know something too. Is your British Amazon nickname something you created yourself or was it something someone else came up with? <laughs> yeah, so actually, I remember the exact moment it was created. So it's created by me. And I was in the dojo in Japan and one of the girls said to me, Heidi, you need a nickname for the for the drop banner. I was mm-hmm. like, well, I've got a nickname. She was like, what? I was like, well, I'm a British Amazon. And she was like, oh, you want to be the British Amazon? I was like, yeah, because that's what I am. I'm an mm-hmm. Amazon from Britain. <laughs> so that was it, yeah. And from that moment, that's where it kind of stuck, you know? Yeah, and going along with that, I'm assuming Amazon is kind of reference to how tall you are because you're way above average height for a woman and you are just completely <laughs> gorgeous. But like standing at five foot ten, I'm a pretty tall girl myself. I'm almost five nine. So when growing yeah. up, when did you actually peak in your height and was it awkward when you were younger? Like were you always that tall at younger or did you uh, kind of sprout later? Um, I'm actually five nine and okay. a half. Exactly. Okay. I got measured when I went for, I actually went for a tryout for the army and they measured me at exactly uh-huh. five, nine and a half. And I was kind of disappointed because I thought all this time I was six foot. So I was like, damn it. But <laughs> just stick with five, ten. Just say that. Just no, I don't like it. Oh, okay. Because, um, Fair enough. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not really like how exactly my height. And like people always think I'm like six foot one. I'm like, no, I'm set on this. I got measured and now I know the truth. Okay. Yeah. So going back to what you asked me, um, awkward. I've never really ever felt awkward about my height. I've actually always embraced it and I kind of just love being different, really. 
Now, something too cool about you is that you actually have your own arts degree, correct? Yes, I have an art degree. Yeah, and I heard you actually had your own gallery or showing way back when, or did you just work at an art gallery? Um, I didn't have my own gallery. Okay. I had my own. I had several exhibitions. Oh, and okay. I did actually work at uh, the National Gallery and the British mm-hmm. Museum in England. So I think that might have been where you got confused. But yes, I studied art, and then I went on to uh, during my. When I was studying, I had several exhibitions and uh, shortly after as well. Can you kind of take me back to those exhibitions? What mediums did you actually use in your work? And did you have like a certain aesthetic you tried going for in your work? Um, so I was quite, I'm quite interested in multimedia. So I like all platforms. I am um, from drawing, painting, sculpture, video, installation, everything really, like audio, because I studied music as well. So uh-huh. I used to construct minimalist pieces of music on piano. So then that kind of overlapped into my art as well. Um, and it was just it was just awesome having exhibitions. They were very hard to put together, and I, I, I spent hours and hours staring at the same thing. Like mm-hmm. whether it was a painting or a sculpture, but I just I was in my element really. Now, what do you think has been the most creative piece of art you've created, or one that you're just the most proud of? Um. So for my for an exam when I was in college, uh, I made a I'm going to say, so I was very heavily, I used to be a vegetarian. I was a vegetarian for 11 years. And then one day I got quite sick. So I had to start eating meat because I'm anemic. And I made, I used to be very heavily into animal rights and I still am. Mm -hmm. And uh, I made an animal rights piece for my art exam in college. And it actually got featured on the PETA website. um, Oh, wow. Yeah. My mum was like, why don't you send it, Heidi? I was like, no, I don't need all the glory. I just do it because I want to get, you know, the the art out of my system and I want to try and make a difference for animals. And yeah, it got featured on the featured on the Peter website. So if you type in my name and you type in uh, skin coat and the piece of art that I made was um so basically I'd, I'd had a trip to Bilbao mm-hmm. and I got kind of like sick of seeing everyone walking around with like animal fur coats, mm-hmm. you know. Like, I was like, why not wear, like, you know, fake fur? But I understood that it was the culture. And I got so sick of seeing that, that when we got back from the trip, I decided to make a human skin coat. And I wanted that to, you know, represent the antiness. So uh, I sculpted it out of latex and I basically uh, just had sheets of glue on the table in my art exam. Oh my and I didn't plan it or anything. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I had a rough idea and I just, out of sheets of glue, I just constructed this human coat and then just poured it with blood and it was just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> How long did that take to construct? It had to have taken a while to like mold. I don't know much yeah. about sculpting, but it, you had to have like molded it and then yeah. let it dry and probably work again then. Yeah, honestly, uh, so we were allowed 10 hours, I think, for the art exam. And I actually, I had my table and I put poured the glue onto the table so I could create some kind of, you know, uh, cutting, uh, I want to say like fabric base. So I could just cut the design out basically from glue. Um, 
I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, so the first step was obviously pour the latex onto the yeah. table. So I'd, I was familiar with latex before. I'd used it in many different sculptures and pieces. And then obviously latex, if you hair dry it, takes about an hour to to dry. So I had a couple sheets that I'd, I'd peeled off the table and then, yep, I just constructed it into a coat. <laughs> that sounds incredible. You know, I'm actually going to check this out yeah, afterwards. That sounds, that's so incredible. That's so I'll like, in, okay, um, definitely. That's so ingenious too and smart. Yeah. And like, it's a great cause and everything. See, you're, I, you're just so multi-talented <laughs> and I feel like not yeah, enough people know too. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, uh, send me more links to those. Definitely. Yeah, I want to check them out. Like stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but thank you. (laughs) And, you know, putting together this exhibition, how difficult was it actually, like, organizing and putting it all together? Um, Well, first of all, obviously, you know, you find a location, either you you get help or you reach out to people. And I, for my exhibition after I graduated, I reached out to the Brick Lane Gallery and they they wanted to, you know, they're interested in my artwork to to put on display so it's all about you know just movements and construction like make sure you've got everything in place and then and the most important thing is just believe in yourself and even if nobody else sees it you know it's in, it's your idea your creation nobody can tell you right or wrong when it's mm-hmm. you know art related and no nobody can take that away from you you know yeah. you believe in yourself that's really all that matters 100 percent. like um it's it's just, you know, you believe in something that mm-hmm. you want to, you know, create organically and you want to connect from brain and it comes through your fin- fingertips. That's how I see art, you know. I'm curious, too. I know you've said that you always love to express yourself artistically, but where do you think this, like, artistic and creative, like, uh, ambition came from? Did you look up to someone growing up or was it, was it just happen, like, naturally for you? Um, no, actually, so when I was very young I just I guess one day just started drawing and I think I come my mum and my dad they both you know are creative as well my brother's creative so I guess I just remember being really really young like a maybe like one I was just drawing oh wow I've got loads of illustrations and loads of paintings and colorings and things like that like from a very early age I was doing like advanced shading and I didn't really know why I was doing that's it. That's crazy. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's like very fast. impressive, but crazy. Thank you. Thank you. And that's crazy too to remember. Like that's is that like your first memory then in life was just like like one or two years old, just like coloring. Um, I've actually got a couple different memories from when I was a okay. kid, and one of them was like, "I'm gonna be something. I want to make something in myself." Like you know, like the younger version of you talking to yourself. Yes. And I was like, I don't know what age I was. I was like, wow. <laughs> So yeah, kind of similar to that really with with uh, art. It's, it was just always it was just always in my blood, I guess. You know, like music and drawing and things like that. Well, Heidi is definitely a triple threat, guys. The more you learn, not only is she a great wrestler, she's a great uh, p- piano too. You said you did, and yes. then like a great artist as well, and 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 bodybuilding and working out. See, you're doing it all, girl. God, you only live once, don't you? Fair enough. <laughs> now, switching gears here a little bit, you finally got back into the ring last month in Finland, correct? Or was yeah. that or was that not your first show back? 
Yeah, I mean, since I've had, like, I've tried to wrestle, like, right at the start of the year after my injury, but I wasn't able to do that successfully. Oh, yeah, that's right. I I couldn't really wrestle, so I had to take time out. And then, yeah, so my first proper wrestling match since my injury was Finland, so that was lovely. It was like breathing again for the first time. Did it just feel, like, natural for you, or did you kind of feel a little rusty? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you know, coming up to the show, I was like, oh, God. Do I don't know what I'm doing? And, then, and I was like, Heidi, well, of course you know what you're doing. And then it's like subconsciously you, you just get in the ring and it's like you never walked away. And I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> now, you obviously travel a lot, like a lot, a lot, like everywhere around the world. So I'm curious to know, are you a morning or a night person? Do you know what? I actually am both. I know that sounds crazy. Okay. But Sometimes if I'm going to the airport, I'm, I'm basically a child. I get really excited. I'm like, oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go, let's go. And then nighttime as well. I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, So I'm a bit of both, really. I'm used to just traveling in different time zones as well. Like, So I just never really know like what I'm doing, really, time-wise. <laughs> do you pack everything the night before, or do you kind of procrastinate until like the morning of last minute? Um, I'm going to be really honest with you. <laughs> definitely 50 50 sometimes it's like five minutes before sometimes it's two weeks before like I can never really tell usually long journeys like for example Japan or America I try to get a little bit ahead but if I'm just you know dotting around in Europe then that's not too bad but I should probably be a little bit more disciplined you know, sometimes procrastinating is okay as long as you get it done, you know. And if if you time yourself well, at least when you procrastinate, like yeah. I procrastinate a lot. But you still, yeah. you manage to get everything done in like a timely manner. So I don't know, maybe you just work well under pressure. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I guess so, actually, yeah. I'm like, there's like the voice in the back of my head going, Heidi, get it done now. I'm yeah. Like, same. <laughs> now, how many countries have you actually wrestled in to date, if you even know? Um, I think off the top of my head, it's about 14 or something. Because okay. yeah. I know as of last year, it was 13. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that sounds about right. Was this actually your first time in Finland or had you been there before? Yeah, it was my first time. Ah. And I don't know why I just completely forgot that it was actually cold in Finland I just forgot (laughs) like summer mode I was like yay my shorts Mm -hmm. I was like what am I doing (laughs) so when I go back next month I'm definitely gonna wear an extra coat for that yeah it'll be October it'll be a little a little colder (laughs) now when you went to Japan for the first time was it kind of like a culture shock moment for you or what did you find was the biggest thing between your cultures between uh England versus Japan um well I actually have always loved Japan like mm-hmm. uh, and obviously I've just always been interested in it and then when I worked at the museum the British Museum I was always in the Japan gallery so ah. I kind of got engulfed in, mm-hmm. into like Japanese history and then in comparison to England I'd say uh body language is very similar with British and Japanese mm-hmm. and like well I guess we're kind of people think we're a little bit kind of reserved sometimes um but the cultural differences oh it's just chalk and cheese literally like so 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 different like whatever you know about the world forget it when you go to Japan is <laughs> different rules apply do you have like a certain example like one that stands out for you like whether it's mannerisms or like 
uh, like transportation and all that? Or what, what was one thing that stood out to you between the cultures? Honestly, like when I first got to Japan, like I'm going to say like got off the, off the plane, I was just like, what? This is like a video game, oh, but okay. it's life what mm-hmm. <laughs> like everything the way like just the, the for example just the airport sounds the music the the choices that they have like the advertisement just everything was just mm-hmm. like whoa this is like just incredible like nothing mm-hmm. I've ever experienced before and it just from that moment on really it just everything was just like it's like a parallel universe that's mm-hmm. the only way I can describe it <laughs> Now, how was it actually learning Japanese? Did it happen like organically for you or did it kind of take you a while to understand the language? Yeah, very much so, organically. So I would li- I'd be at dinner parties and I'd listen to, to what people were mm-hmm. saying and write it on my phone and things like that. And then I would just like ask people, hear things. And I knew like a, maybe like two or three words from like playing Japanese video games. Yeah. But other than that, I just learned it like through. Uh, repetition and hearing people and things like that really and I ended up learning about 30-40% I guess of talking but now I'm studying Japanese again so I can write properly this Mm -hmm. time it's not just odds and sods here and there. Uh Now off the top of your head because I'm curious can you teach me one or two words in Japanese? Yes of course Uh, so you want to say which is definitely the most important thing you should say um especially when you see your work colleagues so you want to just it just basically means you've acknowledged each other's um hard work and effort and existence and just everything all into one so is very very vital in japan and obviously you want to say um Ohayo gozaimasu, which is good morning, uh, because the morning greeting is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. It sets off the tone for the rest of the day, and that's got to be a positive one. So, yeah. Well, thank you. The more you know. <laughs> and I, I'm sure you've also gotten to try a plethora of food from around the world. So I'm wondering if you have a favorite foreign dish or meal. And by that, I mean basically anything not from your homeland of Essex. <laughs> Um, that fine dining um, yeah, yeah. Oh, do you know what I've just got to say Japanese food is just whimsical and incredible and American food is just oh, just <laughs> delicious and oh it's amazing I, I don't know yeah Japanese food definitely because it's just it's very healthy as well as mm-hmm. Moorish and tasty but when I want to be naughty it's definitely got to be American food <laughs> Do you have any favorite strange food combinations? I'm sure we all have at least one. Yeah, definitely. So in Britain, I don't know, uh, we like to we like to have crisp sandwiches, so like potato chips on like white bread in a, or a roll. Okay, like bread roll. I do that too. Yes, that's not <laughs> strange. Have, yeah, I like I like chocolate with my like salt and vinegar crisps. Like I don't know why I'm you know. You know, I love doing like chocolate and cheese, as weird as that sounds. It's so good though, but like I I love like chips and uh or like like you were saying, you're not the you're not the only person who does that. I do that oh, too. So good, good, good. maybe we're maybe we're just strange or maybe it's just yeah, we're normal. Weird, aren't we? <laughs> it's okay though, embrace it. Of course it is. Now I'm wondering too, oh wait, I 
maybe. Do you have any kind of secret passions besides wrestling, bodybuilding, and maybe art? Is there anything kind of on the down low? Secret passions? Uh, (laughs) I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I don't... um, What have I already said? Yep. I think I've pretty much revealed it. Like, is there like a, is there like any film or TV show you're just very captivated by then? Um, I guess the, the, all I can think of is I really like video games, mm-hmm. and retro retro video games, I guess. But people probably already know that too. Yeah, I did know that. But you know, they're coming back, so it's becoming more and more popular, and they're really fun though to go back. I love going back oh. and playing old video games that I grew oh. up playing. It's like nostalgic. So nostalgic, and and it's just also I find it incredible to come back and revisit something with the eyes, the eyes that have changed. Like you're mm-hmm. viewing it as an adult in comparison, and it's just it's it's really just incredible, really. If you think about it oh absolutely and you know on the topic of your passion of music is there any particular song or artist that get you the most amped or motivated during a workout um when i <laughs> it depends what mood i'm in really okay. i can be like <laughs> in an aggressive mood and then maybe i want like some some hardcore stuff mm-hmm. or like mostly actually my music that i listen to when i'm at the gym is i listen to quite a lot of like trance and electronic music okay synth mm-hmm. wave because it gets me in a nice I, I find that the pulsating like synths and rhythm it really gets me going when I'm um exercising um but sometimes I'm in a bit of a you know like oh kind of mood and I want to listen to some really old school you know mm-hmm. hip-hop and that gets me going you know oh I I want to see you just jamming out to some hip-hop that I, oh, yeah. I can just imagine that <laughs> I love that I love oh. old school rap yeah oh, that's funny now what what's one of your favorite old school rap songs then off the top of your head um I listen to quite a lot of um Mob Deep and Tupac so okay. those guys are always on my mm-hmm. um, iTunes mm-hmm. so yeah I've probably listened to a couple Mob Deep albums more than I can even ugh, if I had a pound every time listen to hell on earth i'd be a billionaire oh man share the wealth (laughs) just kidding but yeah there's some big (laughs) smalls as well some oh you just Mm -hmm. classic stuff that when you're in the mood for hip-hop and rap you just got just got jam out haven't you yeah totally go big or go home yeah yeah (laughs) the old school stuff i like yeah Now, I also need some answers on how the heck did you keep yourself awake and motivated throughout all those nine-hour train rides to training and working at the same time? Did you kind of survive off a of coffee or Red Bull, or what was your secret, girl? Because I need to know. Uh, two things. Um, coffee, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really drink coffee until I was like 24, though, or 25, mm-hmm. so I was a bit late, or I think, or older than that, probably. Um, so some kind of caffeine substance, I guess, and just pure adrenaline drive is what gets me going, really. Yeah, I don't know. I've always kind of had that, I think, from when I was young, mm-hmm. I guess. Like when I did karate, I just had this like little adrenaline. But when I was in like school, I was just like, oh, yeah, sports. Yeah, mm-hmm. want to be better than the boys, you know, <laughs> stuff mm-hmm. like that. Now, how do you, how did you take your coffee then back then? Or is it, has it changed? Cause I know some people's coffee taste sometimes changes over time. 
Totally. So when I first drank coffee, I was like 20, I guess 25 or 26, something like mm-hmm. that. And um, <laughs> like, uh, I guess I put like milk in it or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is disgusting. I think I was in like uni or something, really young college. I don't know. Someone tried to give me coffee. I was like, no. And then <laughs> I guess I started realizing how organic it was and how mm-hmm. I could get over the bitter taste. And now it's, I, I like things, you know, my bodybuilding diet's quite basic and everything's quite basic. Mm-hmm. So I just have black coffee and that just does more than the trick for me fair enough see the thing is for me I I feel like black coffee it's like you're either on side one of the you're on one side of the fence you either love it or hate it and for me I can't do it I'm that person that needs I'm not a big coffee fan but I can tolerate if if there's a lot of milk and creamer so I guess we're on different ends of the spectrum but I feel like black coffee is one of those things where you're on you either love it or you hate it I feel like there's no middle ground with that trust me I hear that it took me a while like if you told me a couple years ago oh yeah Heidi will be drinking black coffee every day I'd be like what get out of it no way that's disgusting but somehow eventually I just got over the bitterness and now I just think it's wonderful Mm. I could never go back to putting like cream in it unless you know really lazy well maybe I'm the same way because I turned 23 meant next month and I guess maybe I just need to get older and like I don't know more mature and my taste will change we'll see I guess Um, not just that it's more like if you understand the logistics of why you're drinking the coffee like for me it's like I'm not drinking coffee because it's like oh this tastes great okay because I know it's going to give me the fuel Mm -hmm. that I need does that make sense yes yeah it does thank (laughs) you for your wisdom I'm not sure about that, but thank you. Yeah. Now, I understand, too, you had multiple jobs during around that time period as well, like we were talking about you taking that long train ride to training. So could you tell me more about those shoot jobs you had before you became a full-time wrestler? Yeah, of course. So um, one of them, obviously, fondly, I remember, is when I worked at the British Museum in London, I would finish my gallery shift at like 5.30, and I had to be at training in East Tilbury in outside of Essex so we're talking like almost two hours away mm-hmm. um, and I'd had to be training started at 7 or 7 30 so I'm oh, literally girl. yeah I'd be in the center of London I'd be on the galleries and it would be like Heidi you're all right I'm like yeah yeah I've got to go training yeah and I'd be jizzing around like trying to you know wait for my shift to finish and I was like Heidi you're gonna go I'm like and they'd watch me and every day I would run across the gallery like a Mm -hmm. maniac trying to get my train so I could get there as soon as possible to training and I done that all the time every night and every week and for months and months and then I had uh, worked at the gym for a while and I would would, on my on my lunch I would run to the gym run back put my clothes on sit at my Mm -hmm. desk people were like Heidi are you okay okay do you sleep I'm like yeah yeah they're like okay <laughs> like you know for example I'd be at the office job and I'd be sitting getting my desk of braids in my hair from wrestling the night before and yeah. I'd just tape off my wrist and people were like Heidi what'd you do at the weekend did you sleep I'm like yeah they're like you didn't sleep did you I'm like no <laughs> yeah so just that's just what I did for a long long while and for me, it was just natural, you know, and mm-hmm. I guess it's a bit crazy looking back. I don't know how I found the energy, <laughs> but somehow. Now, what time would training end for you if it started around 7 or 7.30? Um, probably finished like 10 and I'd be back about half 11 usually. Yeah, I'd be back up again at 
six for work. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you would be lucky if you got like six hours of sleep. That's crazy. Yes. A lot I, of the time I'd get like a couple hours, only like two or three, but mm-hmm. just get up and do it again and never miss the gym either <laughs> yeah oh I know I heard I heard you would go during your lunch breaks yeah they just thought I was nuts <laughs> like oh he's wrong <laughs> I'm like listen I've got a passion all right yeah well you definitely put in the work gotta respect that <laughs> yeah oh I also heard you call yourself a perfectionist so I'm wondering if you're ever having an off day how did you lift yourself up before a match yeah, um, I try to, I'm just never pleased with my product, whether it's art, whether it's wrestling, I always pick faults it. There's a, a short moment I'm like, yeah, that was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm feeling a bit like meh, I, I try to be present in the moment and I try to focus on the sole purpose of what I'm doing. Like, for example, I'll get hold of myself and I'll be like, listen, you've got to do this. You haven't got to do this and that, you've just got to do this. So focus on this and then after you can talk about that so that's basically how I get in the zone if I'm you know not feeling very well and someone once told me uh, when I worked at the British Museum they said to me Heidi when you get to that gate you leave your stuff there and you pick it up later Mm -hmm. I was like oh wow and then once someone said that to me that's how I applied it to my life and wrestling and everything else you know that concept See, that's that's good advice, too. I'm, like, such a perfectionist, too, and it's just, like, when you're in that moment and things aren't going right, you get so frustrated, but you're right. You do need to kind of, like, center yourself and focus Mm -hmm. on, you know, lifting yourself up, so. That's it. You've got to be your own cheerleader, you know, because you don't have an entourage with you all the time, so, you know, you have to just pick yourself up sometimes. I feel like music too kind of lifts me up too. It's kind of like oh, listening yeah. to your song, you like at least uplifting songs. I feel like they are your entourage, yeah. like the song is for you. So definitely oh, tying it back into that. Yeah. 100%. Like I can just jam out to some trance and I'll just mm-hmm. be, I'll just get lost in space for a while mm-hmm. and then come back to earth like, oh, okay, I'm feeling better. Uh-huh. You know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Now, too, is there a certain match stipulation that you want to tackle that you haven't yet? Do you know what? I can't say that there is one. I think I've just I've done like a nice variety of mm-hmm. stuff, but I'd quite, I quite I I, I want to get um, into some more tag stuff and teamwork yeah. kind of stuff because I kind of miss it. I've done a, quite a lot of that in Japan, and I went away on the Indies for a, a year yes. in America. I did mostly, you know, singles, and now I kind of want to get back to these multi-crazy matches. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've seen them, like 10-person, yes. 15-person, yeah. whatnot. But they're quite fun, actually, because the chaos, it's like organized chaos, you know. Well, in that instance, then, who what would you love to tag team with from anywhere in the world if you could choose? Um, I'd like to um in japan just tag with a couple of the girls most okay. importantly it's got to mm-hmm. be my satamara son i just love yep. working mm-hmm. her yeah right <laughs> i always want to work with her like i just love it yeah just some some of the girls in japan be awesome yeah just things that i'm not because you never really know what to expect um it's all very like crazy over there mm-hmm. i'm sure you know <laughs> Yeah, and you know, you've certainly prided yourself on evolving your character and your in-ring work. So I'm wondering, what do you think has been the biggest difference between your character now and way back when you were when you were 22, 23, 24, first crafting her? What is the biggest difference, you think? 
Um, well, she's kind of always been an extension of me, mm-hmm. and like, there's also just different avenues of Heidi, you know, that just I dissected basically. And um, I'd say it's just metamorphosis is the only way I'd describe it. Like, I just, you know, becoming a butterfly and just that the stages of evolution of and the directions, beginning with my name. My name was very different back then, um, and then. One day I kind of just decided, actually, a little mini story for you. Okay. Um, I used to be like a Tomb Raider character, um, Lara Croft kind of Mm -hmm. vibe, um, Mm -hmm. because I love her. I think she's incredibly inspirational. And um, so, yeah, that was where it started. And one day I was like, what am I doing? My (laughs) actual real name is Mm -hmm. so much cooler than this, like, Laura Cruz, you know, that was originally Lara Croft's name before she changed it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I just want to be me with my name because my name's kind of cool so it is it's like i I don't know how to describe it but it's very badass (laughs) yeah and two i gotta be honest with you i'm not gonna lie you seem so confident and like fierce i'm not gonna lie it was kind of intimidating (laughs) because you seem so put together and like just badass like you don't care what anyone thinks i'm not gonna lie but then listening to your interviews like researching you you are so so down to earth and i understand that obviously wrestling characters you kind of have to like be poised and all that but you are so down to earth and so sweet and so amazing so it's kind of like a great juxtaposition you know but it it brings it together well the combination of you and your character so just wanted to commend you on that oh thank you very much actually Heidi she does she is in here but you know there's there's also different elements of me that I oh absolutely I like to show you I think that's important you know absolutely and you know now lastly I hopefully I'm pronouncing this correctly can you tell me more about the story behind Chica Loca Joca oh yes I certainly can (laughs) so actually I am very much I, I do like horror and I do like sinister things and, you know, creepy stuff like zombies and whatnot. I've done a couple of zombie movies, don't ask me, and, like, stuff like that. And I really like clowns, actually. Yeah. And I think they're really cool and creepy and I love things like that, you know. And then so basically Chickaloka Joker was like this this version of me because I was always the clown for Halloween and I was just this crazy mm-hmm. clown character and everyone was just like this, this crazy. Like, I I really took, I really take fancy dress incredibly serious. Like every fancy dress party to I've gone mm-hmm. to, I've won it because I've constructed like this character and outfit and I, I'm just that person for the night. <laughs> and I, I'd be, I'd honestly, ask my friends, they'll just tell you. But I, uh, so I was always like this clown character. And then eventually I was like, I love this, this extension of me. And then she just kind of poured into my wrestling and then I was just like, ha ha ha. I just do all these silly oh little God. crazy cheeky things, yeah. you know, and just it was just nuts. It just made sense for me. It was like, of course it's Heidi. Now with Halloween coming up, do you plan on being a clown again? <laughs> I've got an array of different, um, I don't know, back catalogue of Heidi Halloween uh, <laughs> costumes, which I've, I've created. But I think this year it's going to be a different one. Okay. But I've been like a, uh, I was like a, a uh, one of my favourites was when I was in Japan. I was just like this geisha with like blood coming out of my eyes. And uh-huh. like, God. And so from that, and then I, you know, another one, I was like stripper, like this like torched, like with like, it was just nuts, like all these crazy ideas. But the whole idea for it is I wanted to be 
um, something sinister, but I wanted people to be intrigued by it. They're like, yeah. oh, she's, she's creepy, but she's kind of interesting. Yeah, like, not just it, not just straight gore. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get close to it, but I'm scared it will kill me. Uh-huh. You know, stuff like that. Like, I loved being that character. You know. <laughs> Yeah, and it too, I feel like it coincides with just that creative drive you have yeah, inside yeah. of you. You like, it's so fun to see you kind of, ha- I want to, I wish I knew how your brain worked. It would just be <laughs> cool to like hook Very you up and see, and see what it looks like because you, I feel like you have so many creative juices flowing that I have like, never seen <laughs> yes. before. And 100%. it's just so cool. You can tie it into wrestling. You can tie it into Halloween. You're like, uh, music. Like, I'm sure you've gotten creative with your workouts. Some Somehow, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. Thank you so much. That's really kind of you. And you know, before I let you go, can you just please tell the listeners where they can find you on all your social medias? Yes, you can keep up with my crazy art antics or whatever <laughs> I'm, whatever I'm doing uh, on my Instagram, which is at. Heidi Katrina and it's two A's on the end and Twitter is Heidi Katrina with two A's and on Facebook I'm Heidi Katrina and yeah so keep up with my antics and you also have like a big cartel right yeah my merch um I'm very thankful for all my fans that they're always just asking for my merch and buy my merch. And I really appreciate that. My, I'm on pro wrestling tees, but I like to um, individually sell to yeah. my fans because it's just that personal touch. Yeah. So you can get me at Heidi Katrina merch at Big Cartel. And obviously all my merch and all my gear, I actually designed myself. Oh, so. see, creative <laughs> again. You're oh, expressing yourself artistically. And, it, and I mean, and it's cheaper too to design your own stuff. So it's more fun, you know. Yeah, personal. Yeah. I just create what I wanna, what I envision, you know. Awesome, Heidi. Thank you so much for chatting with me. It's been a lot of fun, and I've learned a lot of new stuff about you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I know I never stop talking, do I? No, I love it though. You know, it gets not only me, but the listeners get to learn something new too. Yeah, of course. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much.